This podcast is from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. The Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners. On this week's show. I have at least got to 48, which is a lot better than many artists. I think you can get 100 grand for a kidney, really. An 11-hour round trip from your front door to Torquay. Boom, 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 let me hear you say well. And your host. Mr. Paul Carenza. Hello and welcome to the Heptagon Club. I'm Paul Carenza. Welcome to this podcast. If you've just found us, uh, then a particular welcome to you. Uh, I should explain roughly what we are, I suppose. That's always a good thing. We have seven guests a week. It's as simple as that. Some you will know, some you will not know. Uh, Many are from the worlds of comedy and media. Many are people I just bump into and lure along to tell us some tales and chit-chat and infuse on their passions, enthusiasms, things that they are experts in, whatever it might be. We've got some brilliant, brilliant guests coming up uh, in future weeks. Uh, Dr. Helen Shursky, uh, Joe Lysett is coming up. We're hoping to get Liz Earle, uh, the beauty entrepreneurs, and uh, many comedians as well coming up. Hopefully Ramesh Ranganathan, hoping to record him quite soon. So we are fresh from our live show we did at the Bill Murray Pub. Big thank you to the Bill Murray for having us along for our live podcast night where we had seven guests, some of whom will feature this week, and others we're going to eke out over future weeks. So it's a real mix this week of some live sets and some guests uh, as usual at our seven-sided venue. Uh, So some of bits you're going to hear like this and some bits will be like this live introduction. We have seven guests a week and uh, we have got seven fantastic guests tonight. Give us a woo. Excellent. Um, we're in seven-sided club or soiree. Um, there's drinks, there's chatter, there are volovans. Can I get anybody anything? Does anyone need any nibbles at this? I haven't got any. I have got nibbles. I forgot. I've got the blimmin' nibbles. Well, these are meant to be for the guests because uh, we're not paying them. But um, if anyone wants, um, anyone wants some quality street, we can share this around. Want some? Any? Any? Purple ones. We've got a request for purple. You got in. There you go. You got in straight away, mate. Well done. Well done. That'll do for now. You can share that one around. That will be. Um, uh, that'll be fine. We've got some roses as well for when the Quality Street run out. Because roses are only really for when Quality Street runs out, isn't it? Let's be honest. So I was going to try and get one of those big tubs of Quality Street, but they're only for Christmas, it turns out. You can't get in this time of year. So it's it's Quality Street, not Quantity Street. I will say that much. Um. Uh, so we should get to our first guest, really. Well, the club has seven corners. Uh, we've not fully name-checked all of the corners yet, and that will continue. Uh, but many uh, people find themselves in anecdotalists' inglenook, or the travel hovel. Uh, it depends what our guests bring in terms of tales, stories, backstories, general enlightenment, and what have you. Uh, before we hear from the live show, let's visit one of my favourite corners of the club, the Trivial Cove, with one of my favourite new comedians. Masai Graham. I'm a trivia not. The one I like uh, is Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah. did the voice for Shredder in the Turtles cartoon. Oh, really? So, yeah, James Avery, same person. Right. My favourite one was always uh, that the Mary Poppins' daughter is the sister of Betty Spencer and some others do have them. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, oh, like, and then um, you look at them, it's uh, right there, Detrice. What was her name? Karen Detrice and Michelle Detrice. Okay, and, uh, Mary Poppins. Well, isn't so the little she girl. also, yeah, yeah, isn't she also the mother of Crispin, the lead singer of Poodle Shaker? 
Wow. Yeah. I'd, I'm just going to believe that. You know what? I'm not going to look that one up. I'm not just going to take Tra- that with me. Is, I think, oh, is that right? Gosh, what's her name? Really? He, Crispin Mills. Hayley Mills. Wasn't... Oh, Hayley Mills. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Hayley Mills. No, Hayley is... Mills is... Yeah, she was Parent Trap. This, this was... Um, parent Trap. That was that's, it, right. that's right. So, yeah, that's... I didn't know Crispin that. Mills, that right? Crispin Mills, Foolish Acres, uh, Mother. How about that? Uh, more from Masai on a future episode, as that was the Trivial Cove. Now, our live event, how about therefore a new corner to celebrate? Poetry Corner, as inaugurated by Robin Ince. Who better? Uh, so to Robin and indeed the other acts who came down on the night, I would like to formally express my uh, sorrow over the massive uh, overrunning that happened, which meant that we started about an hour late, which meant that we had to rush, which meant that some people had to drive four hours to be there for five minutes of stage time. So yes, Robin, I'm looking at you there. Uh, apologies on behalf of the venue and indeed the previous shows. And I, like I say, I say that, it's you know, I'm, I'm sure they do feel bad uh, deep down inside. Um, in this post-truth Trumpian world, of course, apologies are for the week i'm sure uh, instead they'll be um, you know oh, round to time perfectly some beautiful timing the punctuality was bounteous and beautiful and it was all very lovely uh, so anyway i i really appreciate robin uh, and uh, many others coming down robin drove four hours to be there so we'll, we'll give particular thanks to him um and uh, well here he is uh, in poetry corner should we welcome robin in ladies and gentlemen to the stage robin in ladies and gentlemen there you go i'll move my luggage have a seat um the uh, can I do a poem? You may. I've yeah, never done please. a poem here before. Please do. And this is uh, about a month and a half ago. I uh, became forty-eight years old. Uh, even though I look, I know I look a lot older. I have one of those. I don't know if you have a problem with this. I I have no issue with looking far older than I actually am, because my face never got me work. And um, it was. And I, and I work with. If some of you all know, I work with Professor Brian Cox. So this constant state of kind of the irony of being close. To, to beauty and understanding is a delight. So I, I, when I got to 48 years old, I started to think about what, uh, what I'd achieved and what I hadn't achieved. Because in a lot of ways, at 48, I thought, ah, oh, I've not really artistically, uh, I haven't got where I'd hoped to get. Uh, and then I thought, but I have at least got to 48, which is a lot better than many artists. Had I been more successfully, successful artistically, I'd probably be dead. And so I made a list of artists and uh, creatives and despots who I was better than because uh, I'm older than they ever managed to become. So this is, uh, it's kind of a list, it's kind of a poem. I'll, uh, I'll try. I wasn't planning on doing this, but this I found like it. Yeah, yeah. I am now older than Thomas Chaston, Kurt Cobain, Jesus Christ and Judas Iscariot, Lord Byron, Frida Kahlo, Percy Shelley, Marilyn Monroe, James Dean, Joseph Goebbels, Jane Austen and Caravaggio, the Reverend Jim Jones, almost all of the Reverend Jim Jones followers. Edith Piaf, Judy Garland, Jane Mansfield, Jack Kerouac and Rodney King, Gilda Radner, Gary Coleman and Otis Redding, H.P. Lovecraft, Eileen Wernus, Fatty Arbuckle, Albert Camus, Natalie Wood, Che Guevara, Neil Casty, Alan Turing, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Edgar Allan Poe, David Foster Wallace, Henry David Thoreau, Antoine de saint exupery and Billy Holiday. Dennis Wilson, Dylan Thomas, Graham Parsons and Mama Cass, Jackson Pollock, Anton Chekhov, John Coltrane, Marvin Gaye, Fats Waller and Corrie Haim, Mark Boland, John Belushi, Brian Jones and Bruce Lee, Keith Haring, Emily Bronte, Charlotte Bronte, Anne Bronte <laughs> and Bramwell, Oscar Wilde, UK Mishima, Franz Kafka, Fats Waller, Amadeus, 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 Andy, Andy Kaufman, 
Lenny Bruce, Django Reinhardt, Amelia Earhart, Raina Verna, Fastbinder, Patsy Klein, Lisa Leftover Lopez, John Keats, and Sylvia Plath. I have beaten you all in years, but not artistically. So that's. Uh, we didn't start the fire. Well, there you go. A mix of nostalgia and gloating. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very nice. I don't know which one I really want to be. I can't. I, I, Goebbels a no. Lisa Left Eye Lopez, it would have given me a very different life. You know what? She was the surprise to me that I didn't realise she died. So that was one way of finding out. You better put yeah. some kind of warning before I, that. I yeah, it's like spoilers. Yeah, trigger yeah. warning. Yeah, I know. People Whoa. in the next poem may well be dead and you didn't realise it. Exactly. I just thought she'd been quiet artistically. We had a cracking chat with Robin as well to be heard at a later juncture. Robin has a fine podcast called Book Shambles with Josie Long, well worth a listen. Now, everyone's got a podcast nowadays, it seems, including our next guest, Rob Thomas, who I am touring with, as I said, uh, for our new stand-up shows. The first one is very, very soon, Tuesday 9th of May at the Miller at London Bridge. You can see my Paul Carenza Facebook page for details of our tour. Uh, But so not only does Rob have his own podcast, he's actually going to be recording during this one. So this is a podcast within a podcast. Rob, records five minutes of topical material every week, submitted by other comedy writers. So cast your memories back, if you would, to Sunday 23rd of April, London Marathon Day. Please welcome a good friend of mine, Mr Rob Thomas, ladies and gentlemen. Mr Rob Thomas. It's a podcast within a podcast. This will be, I'll be saying this junk on Paul's Heptagon podcast. Sorry, Paul. The, the only rule I try and say is please try really, really. I mean, if you have to, it's fine. But please, please, please try your absolute best to not groan. There are 20 acts out there who have submitted jokes to this podcast, and, the, and it, will, it, will, it will cut them to the quick. Uh, it's called The Bad Libel. That was one of the ones you're allowed to groan at. It was, a, it was an intentional pun on the, on the lad Bible, but here we go. Welcome to the seventh edition of The Bad Libel, a lightning-fast comedy news podcast. Five minutes of gags based on the last few days' worth of news. This episode's writers were Liam Thatcher, Simon Butterworth, Stephen Cookson, Craig Beadle, Martin Cowles, Alan Finnegan, John Reynolds, Pete Hawkins, Mark Williams, Alan Finnegan, Tandy Houghton, Kevin Moore, and Ian MacDonald. If you want to write for The Bad Libel, get in touch with me, Rob Thomas, via www.robbyt.co. UK. Today's episode is being recorded in front of a beautiful audience during the recording of Paul Carenza's Heptagon Club live at the Bill Murray! So let's kick off with marathon news. It's estimated that 500 people dropped out of today's race a few miles from the end, thus completing what's known as the London Snicker. The London Marathon only 10% smaller, but you got that, so I don't need to explain it. One group of fundraisers ran in support of the British Heart Foundation. Impressively, they did it without a pacemaker. (laughs) And now world news. US stealth jets have touched down in the UK. Or have they? (laughs) Echoing the recent United Airlines controversy, EasyJet have been reported for dragging a passenger, kicking and screaming onto one of their flights. Following the scandal, United Airlines have updated their booking procedures. With the new easy-to-use online check-in system, customers can now get beaten up from the comfort of their own home rather than having to get to the airport. Uh, The Jehovah's Witnesses have been banned from Russia, having been declared an extremist group. When we asked the Russian ambassador for comment, he closed the curtains and pretended not to be in. In sport, the World Snooker Championships are on. The only problem with which is that if you watch it on the internet and it starts buffering, it's a very long time before you realise it. And in tennis, unlike Jeremy Corbyn, Serena Williams stands a chance of winning while in labour. <laughs> I outlawed the groan, but not the ironic cheer, didn't I? So, 
TV news. One lucky Doctor Who fan will have the chance to share a meal with seven of the Doctors. They've booked a table of eight, securing the knowledge that the fan won't need a plus one for a girlfriend. <laughs> and now Fox News news. Many have been shocked by reports that Fox News are dropping Bill O'Reilly, but none more so than his brother, Blimey. <laughs> UK news. Last week, for the first time, Britain went a full day without coal or Fernandez Vecini, as she's now known. That was Rob with Other People's Jokes. You can see him and me doing our own jokes at our own shows Tuesday, 9th of May, London Bridge. We're at the Camden Fringe in August and the Museum of Comedy in September. Four more guests this week, including the man behind the French raconteur Marcel Lucan, the fabulous comic Mr Alexis Dubas. Uh, but first, in this corner over here, we have a money mantelpiece. Uh, over here we have a piggy bank on a shelf. I, I will prove it's here by shaking it. Oh, it's an empty piggy bank. Uh, well, who better then to give us some proper financial tips than the star of his own Radio 4 financial panel pilot thing, expert, well, ex-checker-spert, can we say that much? It's Dominic Frisby. At some point, as a comedian, you think, I should probably get a pension or something for the future. Mm -hmm. um, but is there anything else I can do apart from just sell a kidney? I mean, what, what's the... What's the... <laughs> well, there's a lot of money in kidneys. Well, there's a lot of money. I've only got two, you can get 100, I think you can get 100 grand for a kidney. Can you really? Yeah. Okay. And I think this actually came up in the pilot, the Radio 4 thing we did. I think one in 10 organ transplants worldwide are now done with illegal organs. Are they really? Yeah. Wow. Something extraordinary like that. Well, I benefited... And I think in Iran, yeah. they actually legalised the selling of... It's legal oh. to sell kidneys or something anyway. yeah I, I got a cornea this year i got a brand new cornea but oh but goodness. legit you know on the nhs and all that stuff <laughs> so uh, well didn't just find it in a bin or something um, um but you're asking where what, yes. what's through your money well obviously the most um the the einstein said that the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest and those that understand it benefit from it and those who don't uh, understand it are doomed to pay it. So I thought it was King Kong. So this is <laughs> no, compound no. interest. Okay. And so the earlier you start investing in your life and the more you invest, the more you will end up with. And so, for example, it's one of these things. Let's say you grow your wealth by 10% every year. And so in, the, in year one, you have £10. And then in year one, that £10 is £11. Right. And then in year two... That ten pounds, that eleven pounds is becomes uh, twelve pounds ten, mm. and so on. But if you carry on growing your wealth by eleven by ten percent each year, I think in seven years you double your money. Oh, it might okay. even. It, I think that's the number. But it's something like that, mm. and it's because by the time you get your, that basic investable amount gets bigger. Like if Warren Buffett's a great um, perpetrator of this, mm. you know he's got up to X billion pounds, whatever it is he has. But he just if he can just earn five percent on mm. X billion pounds, yeah. that's uh, a, a sum that you and I can only ever dream of. Yes. And so the first thing is use compound interest on your side, and you know there's no point uh, keeping your money in savings because um, low interest rates mean you won't get any return on it. And in fact, real inflation, as in the, the real cost of goods and services, goes up every year. Um, they don't measure it properly mm. with inflation. So your money buys you less and less each year. That's yes. why the Mars bar that was, you know, 40p last year mm. is 42p or whatever. Or smaller, which is cheap. Yeah, it's another you know. way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And actually, food is one of the few things that's actually stayed relatively cheap because uh, because of improved productivity in food. So, and they, but, but but things like house prices are another example of it. Just gets more and more expensive. You know, if there's every year house prices go up by ten percent. Well, if they had in interest rates that reflected ten percent inflation, then interest rates would be a lot higher. But they don't include house prices in their measure of inflation. Right. So that's okay. the, that's the scam. I don't know if you're switching off or you're going. No, right no, no. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. So yeah. I the. Um, now, in America, the stock market is called the S&P 500, and that's the 500 largest companies in America. And if you put the, you know, there's no guarantee that the S&P 500 will go up, but most years it goes up by a few percent. And by the, you know, some years it goes up 15 percent, some years it goes up by 3 percent, other years it, it falls. Um, but if you look at a long term chart since 1970, you know, you've seen growth it's, it, you annualise it. It's been mm. one of the places to be. Mm. Now, the FTSE 100, our own stock index, hasn't done as well mm. as the S&P because a lot of the, it's 100 companies rather than 500 companies. Oh, yeah, OK. And a lot of those companies are big beer moths like Barclays or, or BP mm. or Shell. And, and you actually want slightly smaller companies because there's more potential yes. growth. But there is a thing called the FTSE 250, which is the 250 uh, largest companies in the UK. And that you get more kind of... A company diversity. And so if you're wondering what to do with your money, my recommendation would simply be to buy a FTSE 250 tracker fund. Uh-huh. Okay. And, you know, you know, if we bought in now, you're buying, you know, the markets are reasonably strongly valued, so it might pull down a bit, but then again, it might go up. You just don't know. Nobody mm. knows. There's a financial crisis, it'll fall, and something else happens, yep. it'll go up. But just if you stick some money in there, and then and it only costs you £12.50, £15 to, to buy, mm. commission costs a load, stick some money in there, and every year, make sure you add a little bit. Um, you know, make sure you spend less than you earn, and mm. the the bit that the difference is your savings, and make yeah. sure you invest a portion of your savings, add it to that fund, and then let it grow every year. Keep adding to it. Keep adding to it. You'll have a nice pension pot. Awesome. To good good advice. How about that? I because I, I was yeah. I, I'd think go don't go for the two fifty biggest companies. Go for the two fifty worst companies because the only way is up. Well, surely, there is a there is know, a there is a strategy uh, in, called that called Dogs of the Dow. Oh. And you can do dogs of the FTSE as well, which mm. is you take the five or the ten worst performing companies last year, and on January first you bet on those companies, and then you keep doing that every year. And there is some evidence that the dogs of the Dow strategy works. So bet on the dogs. Go and put it on the. <laughs> it's not a strategy. <laughs> it's not, no, fair enough. It's good to yeah. Starbucks have described their recent fall in profits as grande. Shareholders are still unsure whether that means small or medium. HMRC say that their tax bill remains venti, though the chances of them ever paying it are skinny. And finally, the election. Uh, elections are like anaesthetic. Local makes me numb, general sends me to sleep. The UK is going back to the polls, 11 months after voting for them to get lost. And finally, Tim Farron says being gay is not a sin. Later, he is expected to be denouncing other Pet Shop Boys hits including that the West End doesn't really have that many girls and Domino's can't dance. Although when pushed, he did reveal that he had been wondering what he had, what he had, what he had done to deserve this. So that is it. Thank you for listening. Please check out the Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash bad libel for older episodes and indeed this one and new ones. Thank you. See ya. 
Rob, Tom- Rob Thomas, there you go, with a podcast within a podcast, like in some sort of Inception meta kind of later on a podcast within a podcast within a blog or something will happen. The Heptagon Club. Seven guests, seven corners. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Should we have Alexis Dubas? being a comic, like the, the, the sort of, you know, this is an aspirational one for anyone who wants to do it, this is the sort of realities of, of being a comic, it's called To Be A Comic. <laughs> An 11 hour round trip from your front door to Torquay, after petrol, pies and speeding fines, you're left with 50p, after 10 minutes of stage time where they stare at you, moronic, and you re-edit your dream of what it is to be a comic. <laughs> the expectancy at parties to be making endless quips. Now your night off is a write-off and you're cornered by the dips by some wannabe comedian called Guy who's in IT who requests advice on tryout nights because how hard who could it be? Uh, and you want to smash his lights in but you smash a G and T. What? You don't know any jokes, he says. Then offers some for free. <laughs> As his mates chip in with banter, now the bullshit's polyphonic and you smile and lie to justify the fact that you're a comic. Arts festivals await you where you'll plan for months and years to produce an hour of wonder that will rival all your peers to convince some drunken punters they should pick you over bars. A critic walks in halfway through to give your show three stars. <laughs> then night descends as culture ends, replaced with fresh mayhem. You're drawn and hung among the throng on stage at 3am. They'll gargle, garbled insults while the rest are catatonic. You draw a breath, ignore your death and carry on a comic. Just remember that when arseholes boo and hiss you without rest, it was your sole choice to do this. It was never a request. Just take solace in the knowledge that it's happened to the best and they wonder why the public eye sees comics as depressed. <laughs> Besides, what's your alternative? Your viable plan B? Talking bollocks live to strangers doesn't wash on a CV. <laughs> You've fallen on your face. Embrace the path you're on. In essence, a nocturnal verbal jester in perpetual adolescence. Don't lust after the limelight. Let that love be just platonic. The world is full <laughs> Well, just your luck. It always needs... Alexis Dubas. Wow. Anything to plug you doing tours and things? And uh, and whatever yeah, I'm doing a Marcel tour at the moment, the wine list. United Kingdom tour at the moment uh, as, as Marcel. Yep. My first poetry album you can get on Bandcamp. 
which is Alexis Dumas versus the world. Oh, Alexis Dumas! Alexis Tor as Marcel Lucan drops in on, uh, well, this very week, in fact, it uh, drops in a Dublin, Leeds, Manchester. That's if you're listening the week of pod launch. Uh, Then in coming weeks, it's London, Derby, Basingstoke, Brighton, Newbury, Crawley, Edinburgh, Newcastle, Farnham, Salford, even Norway as well. Alexis is uh, certainly travelling, so my word, we were lucky to have him. Uh, He's back on the podcast very soon, talking about life as Marcel. Uh, Don't forget, I'm doing a mini tour of my own. Do find us online for all the details. In fact, I think your bring a bottle moment this week. We do have a bring a bottle section when we ask you to give something back, if you would. And I think really this time it should be just to go and see some live comedy. Ideally, one of our podcast guests. That would be fantastic. Robert Ince is touring with Brian Cox. Um, Alexis is touring as Marcel Lucan. I'm touring with Rob Thomas. Uh, Masai Graham, Dominic Frisby, they're all out there doing shows. Uh, so if you hear someone you like on this or another episode of the podcast, find them on Facebook. They've all got the pages out there. They're all on the Twitter. Uh, find them, see where they're performing. And uh, you know, if you like their Facebook page, updates from them will appear in your newsfeed. So it's, it's well worth doing. So that's your bring a bottle moment. Find the performers you like, like their Facebook pages, and then news of them uh, will, will ping up uh, telling you where to go and seek them out. So the comedy circuit needs you. You know, we are bearing up, but we do need bums on seats, laddie bums on seats. Anyway, enough comedians for now for this week. We have two more spots, though, for other guests this week, and they are taken from the world of radio. So in a moment, a repeat visit from radio presenter and star of the BV circuit. Uh, If you're wondering what that is, we'll find out in about five minutes. That's Loretta Andrews. But first, from the other side of the radio mixing desk, this is Chris Byland. And I know you as a top radio producer. Right, let's let, let's let's not throw the word top around. Well, let's at least throw the words radio producer, and we'll have top in brackets as we'll well. Put, we'll put radio in there. We'll put radio in there. <laughs> Were you particularly drawn to that? Was one of those things that you're you're trying pottering around a bit and going, oh, let's try this. And no, then. I love radio. Yeah. I loved radio even when I was a kid. I remember. Do you remember the old Radio One road shows? I do. Yes. And they used to go around the country. Yeah, and we they saw used one. to wheel out whoever it was yeah. at the time on stage. Yes. Uh, uh, the only one I remember is Clacton on Sea. Right. So it would have been about... It was, it was always Seaside, wasn't it? Yeah, it was always the Seaside yeah. Towns. Because we were Cornish Coast for our one, I think it was. Ah. So, yeah. yeah. We, we had Clacton Pier. Nice. So that was always the focal point. Okay. And we had Simon Mayo. Okay. And I always remember him introducing himself with the Out Here Brothers. Do you remember Boom, Boom, Boom? Oh, yeah, okay. And he used to go, yeah. Boom, 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 let me hear you say Wayo. And everyone joins in with a, a Wayo. Yeah. That, for me, that, that feels more recent than it clearly was. No, clearly uh, not. I think because I hear it in comedy clubs at least once a month because some compare <laughs> will come out and say, look, I'm going to say this and then the crowd are going to go crazy and they'll join in with a Wayo and they do. Oh, that works. Of a certain age. Right. Anyone under about 40 has no idea what you're talking no. about. No. Yeah. And and that's the problem. But Simon Mayo was there. Okay. And all I remember about that entire gig is Simon Mayo bouncing out on stage yelling, boom, 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 let me hear you say Mayo. Ah, uh, nice. Which, yes. of course, works. Yes. Uh, but that's all I can tell you. Okay, yeah. But that's... That, that's was a, one of that the would make points. a solid jingle that they should be having now on the Radio 2 uh, Drive Time show, I'd have thought. I think that is very apt I would have thought Simon so. Mayo. They've substituted it now for the old... Um, uh, what is it, May or Simon May? Hey, oh, you know. Daytime come and I want to Yeah, drive go time's home. on. And, exactly, right, yeah. which works for drive time, it so works. you can see what they've done there. Yeah, We, we had Bruno Brooks at R1. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a response Sorry. to that. That is the, probably, probably the response to that. Loretta. Hello. Hooray. Hooray. I've kind of been involved in music forever My dad was a musician, professional right. musician. It got to number two in the charts before I was born. Really? Yeah. What was that? 
He was in a band that was a duo called Mac and Katie Cassoon, and they had a song called Sugar Candy Kisses that people above a certain age sing back at me when I say that. Right. Anyway, it was before his born, so that was in the 70s. That's great. Um, so we always had music. I've got a twin sister, and we both used to sing together from a young age. Um, and after school, um, I went on to uh, be a part of a band that was eventually signed in the States, and we used to travel around um, the States touring, but we did actually schools work in the UK. Okay. Um, after that, I then just worked as a session singer, so just mm. doing backing vocals from all sorts of artists, from Diana Ross to Sting to Take That and wow. teeny bopper bands yeah. and things. When you're doing those things, are you actually put, do you rehearse together with the artist uh, quite soon before, if you're doing a TV show or something, you're thrown into that sort of situation? Yeah, not usually. So usually right. you need to really know your oh, stuff. Okay. So you know it yourself, they turn up, cameras roll yeah. and you're So there's off. usually a, a group of you and you'll have an MD, a musical director, and you'll rehearse all the parts individually. Okay. If you're lucky, you'll be sent it before. Sometimes you get there on mm. the day and then you learn it. So you have to be able to really oh. think on your feet. And I don't actually read music. Um, and the, the group that I mainly did back in folks, you get mm. booked with the same people, so you get to know people. It's quite a small circle of people on the right. BV circuit, but none of us were, were classically trained or readers, yes. which often we'd arrive at some jobs and they'd be like, oh, so you don't read. And the really interesting thing is we would always, always learn it quicker than the people who read because, yeah. of course, you, you're used to picking it up by ear, so you, you don't rely on reading a note, so you can straight away get onto the feel of it and the things they yeah. want. So we used to get a lot more work than the, the classically uh, yeah, trained yeah. people in the end because we just got used to thinking on of our course, feet. Of course, yeah. I love, by the way, it's called BV. I like that. Of course yeah. it's called BV. Or I worked as a writer on the music, BBC Music Awards last year, end of last okay. year. i never done any awards stuff before. So I was in Excel Centre. It was all very big and suddenly walking, oh, this is bigger <laughs> than the meeting room last week. But so I saw loads of these backing vocal uh, people. But with they're all you know they're in their outfits matching the artist or whatever or, or not, and I just thought and I didn't dare to speak to anybody because I, I was just there on my own. I was a sole kind of workman, so to speak. Oh. But they all looked and I kept the, but everyone looks so in, almost intimidating because you go, oh, they're wow, they they're talent, they can sing and they're on the telly. <laughs> so I just sort of was buzzing around. But now I'm thinking, then I overheard a couple of them, and you think it was a, an American band or something. But then the backing singers, you can overhear them in their cockneys or. Whatever yeah. they're from down the road, you think, oh yeah, they're not, they're, they're not from there. Often it's very expensive to to take your whole crew around with you the whole time. So if an artist comes over from the states, they will book um, local musicians because mm. it's obviously cheaper for them to just turn up and come and yes. hopefully be paid at least musicians' union rates. Oh, one would hope. <laughs> it looked like a legit, uh, a legit function. Hopefully, I'm pretty sure it was. But, if it was a musical, yeah. Sure. Well, next time I should maybe try and speak to one of them. But, so, but then they're busy. You've got warm-ups to do and stuff like that. So, because being a producer isn't just picking records. Oh, no. Which no. a lot of people, like my mum, yes. think that that's what it is. You go yes. in, you make tea, and then you drink lots yeah. of it. Yes. And then occasionally play something on the radio. It's a very tea-based job, isn't it? It is yeah. tea-based, but yeah. there is a little bit more. Yes. But occasionally you're drafted in to be like a PA to mm. some of the people you look after. Yeah. And as well as any other job in the world that the radio station wishes you mm. to be a part of. Of course. One of those jobs, the most bizarre job I ever had, was the radio station I was working for, which doesn't exist anymore. Mm. So you can talk about them quite freely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was being opened by Cliff Richard. Okay. Now, being a new radio station and a recession on, uh, it was all belt and braces, mm. and we're all in it together. That sort of Tory manifesto, yes. which we're all <laughs> yeah, yeah, lovely, yeah, of course, thinking about now. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Cliff Richard arrived on a red double-decker bus because of the whole school summer holiday Summer holiday, yeah. Uh, the radio station was Radio London, which was a 1960s okay. radio station. So was, it all fitted. Had they, oh, so they had asked for him. It wasn't just he... No, he didn't he just, just randomly show up. He just turned up randomly on a bus. No. Yeah, yeah, okay. But part of that was, you know, you're a radio producer. However, equally, mm. we need you to be a doorman. Okay. Now, we were thinking... Frinton-on-Sea, tired, mm. little sleepy town. I know where... Frinton well. Yes. Well, there you go. You know Britain's Frinton. only UKIP constituency. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. Well, well, that's where the radio station was, and it's, it has a certain age of person, okay. shall we say. And we didn't think we were going to come mm. out to watch Cliff Richard getting off a bus. Mm. Uh, how wrong we were. Okay. I ended up having to shield Cliff Richard right. from an array of old ladies. Nice. That was yeah. one of the men. You could take them. Come on. I, I, Handbags I, at dawn. I literally did take them. And I had to <laughs> look after Cliff Richard. Yeah. I've never been in such close proximity yes. to a man in yes. all my life. So there you go. We bring you people you may not necessarily know. Radio producers, you know, people on the comedy circuit, unsung heroes, that sort of stuff. Future weeks. Oh, we've got some great people coming up. The Facebook page will tell you more details, basically. Finally, though, we do like to end, where possible, in the Bay Window of Wisdom, our seventh corner. This week, that comes from radio star BV Circuit Chanteurs, Loretta Andrews. Best advice I could give to anybody in any entertainment is... Um... I was going to say the the rude version. I won't say the rude. I say the sense version as in be a nice person. Okay. As in, I was going to say what not to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, don't be one of those. Be <laughs> yeah, one of those. Yes. But yeah. really, that's um, been my motto. In mm. even if there's somebody more talented than you, um, if you're a great person to work with, mm. you're going to get booked. People are going to work with you. Um, you know, joking aside, people don't want to work with divas and people yeah. like that. So, and they may be really really talented but mm. if you make friends and also make as many friends on the way up because you never know who you're going to meet that's true um, um, and yeah just be a nice person be great yeah. to work with and that yes. goes a long way next to your talent of course yeah of course well I hope Diana Ross is listening to this she remembers <laughs> I'm this. sure she listens she's a big yeah she's, we get emails all the time from her in fact Diana if you stop sending them so there you go that'll be seven guests for this week then I don't know how we fit it all in uh, but eight would be excessive so seven more will appear next time for the next episode which we'll try it out to you we're trying a new rolling pattern of new episodes every three-ish weeks so every you know fortnight and a half that's what we're going for every three-quarter month every 21 days 21 blackjack you know you get the idea so uh, coming up joe lycett on our future week tony law uh, the rest of our live show in uh, dribs and drabs over the future weeks uh, we've also got liz earl coming up uh, media minister steve chalk danielle ward from the uh, do the right thing podcast and dr helen shersky very very soon speaking to her next week so do subscribe to our podcast to hear all of these join our facebook group we are a small podcast we would love to grow the only way that that happens is you telling people either tweeting about us sharing this episode on facebook grabbing a friend's phone and literally opening their podcast app searching for us subscribing and then telling them surprise have a listen to that people do do that and you could too so do help spread the word you can donate online uh, we've got a patreon button as well at the top if you would like to support us ongoing or one-off donations all welcome too and that will help fund more kit to make this sound less wonky than it currently does hey you as anybody said to you do come and see us on tour as well as our Heptagon Club Facebook page my Paul Carenza page and more details of the shows there
Our music is by Rob Halligan. Our guests are all amazing individuals, and our thanks to you for listening. Do tell your pals, and we will see you for our next episode very soon. Bye.